Hello and welcome to another weekly podcast from Hilltop United Methodist Church in Mankato, Minnesota. If you're in the Mankato area, join us every Sunday morning at 9 a.m. and again at 10.30 a.m. If you'd like to learn more, visit us at MankatoHilltop.org. Best of all, Today we're going to kick off a new sermon series, The Secret Power of Kindness. And this is based on a book that's written by Greg Atkinson, a pastor and theologian. And today, and each and every day, now for the next five Sundays, we're going to look at two keys to kindness. So today, to get started, we're going to look at this scripture passage in Matthew. It's Peter asking Jesus, hey, how many times am I supposed to forgive someone? And if you've heard this story, Jesus has an answer for him. Starts in Matthew chapter 18, verse 21. Then Peter came and said to Jesus, Lord, if another member of the church sins against me, how often should I forgive? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, not seven times, but I tell you, 77 times. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he began the reckoning, one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. And as he could not pay, his Lord ordered him to be sold together with his wife and children and all his possessions and payment to be made. So the slave fell on his knees before him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the Lord of that slave released him and forgave him the debt. But that same slave, as he went out, came upon one of his fellow slaves, who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him by the throat, he said, Pay what you owe. Then this fellow slave fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. But he refused. Then he went and threw him into prison until he would pay the debt. When his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported it to their Lord, all that had taken place. Then the Lord summoned him and said to him, You wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not have had mercy on your fellow slave as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his Lord landed him over to be tortured until he would pay his entire debt. So my heavenly Father will also do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart. May God add a blessing to the reading, hearing, and understanding of Holy Scripture. So each week now, for the next five weeks, we're going to look at two keys to how to be more kind. And if you're here today and you have some keys, can you just pull those out for a minute? Here's Pastor Matt's keys. I put my keys on this little clip right here so that I can easily take them off if I need to. Or when I, uh, if someone needs to borrow a key, I can just slip it off. And here you go, you can borrow this key. I always think it's kind of fun when you have your keys and everyone jingles them at the same time. Let's all jingle them. Isn't that a cool sound? <laughs> So part of the reason that we're doing this is we now find ourselves kind of locked in. Locked into these areas where 
We either we put up these walls or these walls are put up around us and we can feel kind of locked in. And so we need some keys to be able to unlock the door to help us get out of this situation we are in. And when I say this situation we are in, I mean as a country, as a person, as a neighborhood. Like whatever happened to kindness? There's all kinds of ways that we wall ourselves off from other people. And so when we look at these keys over the next five weeks, we want to unlock the door. We want to open this so that we can really, really buck the trend of what it means to be an American in 2023. Everything around us right now is calling us to put off walls, to cut off those people who are uh, in our life, to don't talk to this type of person or don't even reason with those people over there or whatever it is. We just... And in so doing, we, we wall ourselves off from relationship. We wall ourselves off from, from actually interacting with other. Our world is marked by division And we haven't even started the election cycle yet. Oh my goodness. So part of the reason that we want to do this is to give ourselves some tools for our toolbox, these keys that will help us be more kind to others. Now, kindness, is that really out of fashion these days? How often do you see it in your life? You might say, yeah, I do see some people be kind, but I kind of wonder if that kindness is really accurate. I was coming across this with, uh, and reading some different articles and things like this, I came across this author, Mikhail Eju. And he said it like this, a lot of people are only kind with ulterior motives, like if they want to get something from you and they can feel like they can use their kindness to leverage a favor later. Or they're kind in hopes that it will show up on their social media feed and look how great and wonderful they are. They'll somehow be rewarded by this act of kindness that they put out there. But true, unadulterated kindness, kindness with no ulterior motives, but because it's the right thing to do, kindness because it doesn't feel entitled to anything, yeah, that is rare to find. Because strength is rare to find. And kindness, contrary to what people might believe, is actually a great strength. Stop and think about this question for just a moment. Who do you know from your life who had the strength of kindness? They could be kind in any situation. Who is that in your life? A grandmother a grandfather, a mother, a father, an uncle, a brother, a sister, a teacher, a professor. Who was it that, it's seemingly against all odds, no matter what happened, they, know, they knew how to exude and be kind. Who is it for you? For me, it was my grandfather. In the years I was growing up and trying to be a tough young man, my grandfather was just the opposite. He was quiet and shy and reserved. 
And it's not that he wasn't tough, although when I was a young man, I used to wonder, how tough is my grandpa? I don't know. <laughs> he can open the jar of pickles, so he's kind of tough, maybe. But it was only years later that I realized that he had an immense faith and courage and toughness to be that kind to everyone he met. And as a young man, I was just the opposite. I wasn't kind. I would say rude things. I was trying to be a tough young man. Hmm. It's funny how perspectives on that shift over time, and maybe you've had that same shifting. But as I look out into our, into our universe, as I look out into our neighborhoods, as I look out into the places that I interact, I'm not seeing the same amount of kindness these days. So let's talk a bit about how to be a more kind person and how to have the strength to be kind. Because I might argue right now, this, it's going to take actually a lot more muscles than it would have even five to ten years ago. Because the world is in such an, an there's, there's so much animosity, and because we're kind of coming at each other all the time, it's going to be that much harder in the face of that when people are throwing stuff at you and there's just attack ads and all of that, to have the posture, to have the strength and the courage to be kind in the midst of that. Almost everyone, I would argue, has some sort of hurt in their past. Everyone here, that hurt might be very deep or it might be something that lives just at the surface level, or maybe it's something that even just happened yesterday. But the point of that is, because we tend to hurt one another, in order to get over that hurt, in order to heal from that hurt, we need the first key, which is forgiveness. Some of us might have deep hurts from the ones that we love, and maybe you've struggled with the hurt of something in your childhood or a traumatic experience in your past. Here's another thing, too. Another difficult truth for us to deal with. Sometimes those hurts have been perpetuated by the church. We don't like to talk about that, but sometimes the church has hurt other people. Hey, we're imperfect people. The church has always been full of imperfect people. Pastors are imperfect people. I know that for some, I have let you down, and for that, I am truly sorry. That happens. And maybe you're one of those people I've let down, and for that, I'm sorry. But, you know, here's the thing. That might not be your experience. You might say, well, I've never... The church has been going just fine. What do you mean? I've grown up in the church. Everything is... Mis I've, never, I've never had this hurt before. But chances are the church has also played in some systemic harm that has harmed other people, maybe without you even knowing it. Of course, this plays out maybe when racist attitudes are shared or sexist attitude. Oh, can you believe that female pastor? Things like that. Little innocuous comments that actually perpetuate harm against certain groups of people. 
All of these things, all of them, all of them, lead us, our hearts, into places of deep hurt and pain. And in order to get over that, we need something that is going to help us get through that. What's it going to take to move beyond these harms, these hurts, and these brokenness? It's the love of Christ moving in our hearts. It's that love of God that comes in like a balm for our soul. It covers over those wounds and brings healing only Jesus can bring. We can only be, we can only hope to be forgiving people, people who can forgive wrongs, who can forgive the hurt and seek healing from the past because God first forgave us. Because he sent his son as a balm for our soul. He made the first move in our lives. He made the first move on the cross. So that we could experience this type of healing. Because really, without that, we don't have the strength or power sometimes. Especially if the hurt has been really bad. So here's the important part for those of you who have been hurt by the church at some place. Here in this place, at Hilltop United Methodist Church, we follow Christ. Now we hope that all churches do that, but not all churches do that. Some churches follow the pastor. Some churches follow the church elders. Some churches follow whoever gives the most money. Some churches follow whoever is the most influential person in the congregation. The moment we start following someone other than Christ, that's the moment hurt can happen. That's the moment these hurts can happen. So here at Hilltop, where we are, we seek to do no harm and to help everyone stay in love with God and to do good in this world. And see, for those of us who know Christ, now we know the heart of God. That he sent his son into this world to die for our sins. That God is the ultimate healer. And it's why we call God our comforter and our defender. Now, forgiveness is a process. It can take years. You might need to seek professional counseling in order to do that. Forgiveness doesn't automatically mean we move right back into relationship with people who have hurt us in the past. Not at all. That's not what I'm saying. But forgiveness does change our hearts. It prepares us to have Christ move in the direction that he says to Peter, not to forgive just seven times, but 77 times. Forgiveness releases us from this need to seek revenge and get even. And all of that is just the start on the path to forgiveness. I could say a lot more about forgiveness, but I'm going to move on because we have another key to get to. Maybe I'll do a whole sermon series on forgiveness because there's a lot to unpack there. But what I wanted us to know for today is that in Christ we have true forgiveness and in him forgiveness is one of these first keys to being a more kind person. If we're hurt, then hurt people can hurt other people. So find healing first in order to be kind. Okay, the second key, the second key now is generosity. Let's look at a scripture passage about generosity. This is the second key to being to unlocking the power of kindness. Mark chapter 12, 
starting in verse 41. Jesus sat down opposite of the treasury and he watched the crowd putting money into the treasury. Many rich people put in large sums, but a poor widow came and put her in two small copper coins, which are worth a penny. Then he called his disciples and said to them, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the treasury. For all of them have contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. So the, fir the first key was forgiveness. The second key now to being a more kind person is being generous. If we want to continue on this path, we need to move from being a stingy miser toward having a generous heart. For some of us, that's a process. A process of understanding, I'm not the most important thing in this world, but God and others are just as important. Sometimes having a family awakens people to that understanding that now I have these people, these children and these grandchildren in which I am now able to provide for and their success is just as important or more important than my own. Now, I know you, I do, I know that you like to get a gift, right? I love getting gifts. I know you do too. When you get home someday and you're like, there's a gift on your front door and you're like, hey, wait, did we order from anything from Amazon? No, we did. Why is there a package at our house? Don't you just get excited when that happens? I get excited when that happens. It's not very often, right? Or you go to lunch, and all of a sudden the lunch is paid for, and you're like, wait a minute, the lunch is paid for? What? How'd that happen? Any of those things. We love receiving these gifts. We love receiving this generosity from other people. And I know how this works. When you go out to lunch after church and grandma and grandpa pay and you're like, yes. Hmm? Hmm? I know you like receiving that gift. And you better say thank you. No. <laughs> the thing about it is we all love to receive. We love to be on the receiving end of generosity, especially when it comes our way. When something comes our way as an unwarranted, unmerited gift, a grace, something that we receive, whatever that is, we love receiving it. But here's the thing. Do we love sharing it as well? It is better to give than to receive. Even though we just love receiving, it is better to actually make that gift to others. Maybe you have had this blessing in your life that you love to be able to provide something for someone else as a gift with no strings attached. You can pay for their lunch out of the generosity of your heart to make someone's day or just to see the smile on their face. That is spreading generosity around our world. That is spreading love in our world and it's a key to being a kind person. Now everything we have in this world, everything that is ours is not really ours, is it? Everything we have in life is a gift. All the money, all the possessions, all the people, all of the stuff, 
It is a gift and a grace to be received. Any of those can be taken away in a moment's notice. For some of you, they have been taken away at a moment's notice. I hope that doesn't happen, but sometimes that does. So when we hold on to things, when we hold on to possessions and claim them as our own, we are walling ourselves off from seeing God's action in our life because everything is actually a gift and a grace to be received. Sometimes the more we hold on to things, the less we have control of them and the more they then start to control us. When we stop to think about it, we here, each of us, have so many blessings in our life. We really do need to count our blessings, don't we? If we don't ever stop to do that, we take all of our processions and all of these things for granted. We just assume they'll always all be there, maybe. So being generous is not about being wealthy. It's not about being the richest person in the room. Just because you have money, actually, you know, I think, that doesn't mean that you will have happiness. In fact, it's actually harder to be generous and be happy the more money you have. Because the more money you have, the more it can be a burden. And we like to hoard our stuff. Money provides a comfort that can cause us to grow hard and callous to the needs of others. We can sit very comfortably in our home, have all, everything delivered to us, or have everything we need at a beckon's call, go on a vacation whenever we want to, whatever, and never stop to think, hey, I wonder how it's going for my neighbors down the street. Or why is there all this stuff happening in our world? I wonder if anyone is in need. Money becomes kind of a shield, blinding us to see how we actually need to be in relationship with our neighbors. Those who give generously are those who have been changed by Christ. Their heart has been transformed. God has come into their heart. His love has impacted their heart. And then that love breaks open their heart to see that love and share that kindness in the world, to share the generosity, to take the first move. And here's one of the most fundamental lessons we need to learn as Christians. We cannot outgive God. It's not possible. We cannot outgive God. Generosity is not a zero sum game, it's exponential. The more generous we are, the more that spreads generosity in this world. It's kind of like one plus one equals 47. <laughs> Being generous spreads generosity, and then that generosity spreads more generosity. And the more we are generous, the more that that spreads in our world. That's why it's such a key to being a kind person. And God is not a debtor to anyone. God so generously continues to share his love with us. There is no end to it. We cannot outgive God. So for this first week, two keys. Number one, forgiveness and seeking forgiveness in Christ. He's offered his forgiveness to us. And second, generosity. God has been so gracious and generous to us, and our call now is to be generous as well. Next week, we'll pick it up again with keys number three and number four. 
Thanks for listening to another podcast from Hilltop United Methodist Church in Mankato, Minnesota. Don't forget to visit us online at MankatoHilltop.org.